You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Welcome back to another episode of the XOXO After Dark Cast. This is Abby, and I am here with the lovely Kate, my co-host, and our special guest co-host, Diana, who is sitting in Yay. for Lauren. Welcome, Hi, Diana. Everyone. We're so excited. Uh, we're also excited because today's theme is going to be dating. It's not pretty out there, people. We're going to talk about all the ins and outs of it. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe this gets to be a four balls of fire conversation. Um, depending on the date, maybe it's only two balls of fire. I don't know. We'll see how we go. Uh, but before we launch into it, I want to remind everybody, as always, to check out our site, xoxoafterdark.com. We've got all sorts of great stuff up in the, um, if you haven't caught them yet, just went up our podcasts that we did live at RT from Vegas. What happened in Vegas didn't all stay in Vegas. I brought some of it home. You can find out things like which editor almost threatened to quit, which author went to a gun range. Wait, somebody threatened to quit? Um, well, you have to listen to the podcast and find <laughs> oh, out. Oh, no. Uh, which author has written heroine that doesn't speak for the first several chapters of her book and huh. figure out how that works? Lots of goodies. So make sure you tune into those live from RT episodes. We also have some terrific roundups. We've been in a listicle kind of mood over there lately. So right now we're having a um, why do we like to be scared kind of Friday the 13th uh, uh, list up there right now. We've also got a great list for moms that we put up for Mother's Day, but moms like to read all times of the year, so you can still get some good references there. And our free read right now is a classic author, Jane Feather. So if you love a historical romance, uh, Jane Feather, I believe this one is Rushed to the Altar. It's one of the altar ones. Yes, it's an <laughs> altar one for sure. And I love a good I love a good marriage story. And uh, uh, so if you're looking for a wonderful classic historical romance to read, you can get that for free on our site right now. So without the further ado, I think we will jump into it. And I'll just say that the idea for this came because Diana and I were sitting at lunch with our colleague Adam and the topic of just dating in New York came up and um, how people say I mean I don't know if you feel this way Kate as well that people say people don't really date they just kind of I don't know I'm dating hang out yeah. Kate, Kate is dating <laughs> Kate is a lot of dates Kate is working it <laughs> not by myself and Adam maintained that oh people still date they've just called it something different right um, and then as what, the like conversation kind of or something or yeah like or he was maintaining that if you're just hanging out it's still a date like it seemed like any any um uh I was going to say male-female, but in fact, I guess any attraction relationship time together, he just counted as dating. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I was asking, when do you, well, I guess, what do you consider dating because it doesn't seem like we go on traditional dates anymore? Well, see, it all yeah, depends because it all... it's, if you're doing online dating or those, you know, you yeah. always go to dinner or drinks and those are kind of the setups for dating, but uh you know, we were asking him about his wife and how they met. Which how they, did they meet? They, they met at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. And I think he like was our, because also like our, our colleague, colleague Ed. Ed. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah, so apparently barbecues. Yeah, barbecues are where it's at. Yep. Right. And um, we, you know, he talked about, well, I think he mentioned on the podcast before how he mentioned that he was an editor for romance and that mm -hmm. how, how that piqued um, Barbara's interest. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, her name is Barbara. I know. I didn't know if I was allowed to say Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Barbara. Um, hi. <laughs> but um, so then they talked about, but then he said that actually, funny story, and I hope he's okay with me sharing it. But um, he doesn't he, have a choice, does no, he? No, I guess not. We'll find out if he listens to the podcast. They, yeah, <laughs> they were talking, and I, they made a date to go to dinner. Mm -hmm. But he already had another date lined up for the same night, and he actually called her and was very honest and mm -hmm. said he had met someone who he was really interested in. He called in. the first girl. The first yes. girl. And said, to cancel sorry, their cancel date. Barbara's in town now. I found exactly. someone I like better, basically. Essentially. That's cold. Yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Is it cold or is it good? Or We, we didn't care for his... Um, we thought the... His delivery wasn't great. Yeah, the execution was not not terrific. <laughs> well, maybe it was just the way he told the story. That's true as well. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he seemed a lot more um <laughs> When we reacted blunt. poorly, he was like, I think I was nicer than this. Well, yeah. <laughs> actually, that's funny you should say that, because I was just having a chat with a colleague who was d figuring out how to break it off with somebody that she had been seeing, and she really, really liked this person as a person, as mm -hmm. a friend. Mm -hmm. Like, he was interesting and cool, and she just didn't feel that romantic attraction to him. And she said, can I just ghost? And I was like, well, 
Uh, you could. It is always an option. But I do find that when you send the text that says, hey, you're a great guy, I just don't feel any romantic connection, that right. people tend to respond well. They're not going to be like, why? I mean, once in a while, I think you might or get you're that wrong. angry. Yeah. <laughs> I have very angry seldom response. gotten an angry. If it's early if days do, enough hot. to send it with a text, I feel right. like it's low. Mm-hmm. Can you explain impact. what ghosting is? Uh, I mean, I know yeah. what. If know you what don't know what ghosting is, you're probably <laughs> married. Um, <laughs> ghosting is after you go on a few dates, and then despite the other person getting in touch, you just act as though you're dead. You don't respond, <laughs> and you may as well be dead. So it's not you actually sending the ghost emoji as a response. No, it is crickets. It's <laughs> although just, it seems would you like appreciate nothing. that? You better. should be able to do that if someone just. Sends I would you a ghost. much rather that if somebody <laughs> sent me a ghost, I would immediately knew what they meant and then think they were so funny that I would be extra sad. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. So what's the date? How many <laughs> how many dates do you give someone, uh, Kate, as our as our dater in chief? Oh, we should explain that Diana is living with her boyfriend. Oh yeah, Greg. I guess we should explain our, mar- yeah, our and relationship. Well, status. listeners, longtime listeners will know that Abby yes. is married to her high school sweetheart. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, okay. true. So and Lauren's not here, but she's also very married. Yes, I married my high school sweetheart, so I would never have to date. It's basically what happened. <laughs> you dated just in between. I dated a little Gordon bit. Yes. and Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm tired. the resident dater in chief. Yes. Yeah. So how many dates? First, how many dates do you give someone uh, before you're like, nope, pull plug, not happening? Do, or <laughs> uh, is, is plural? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I know pretty much right away to the chagrin of all of my female family members <laughs> who say I should slow down and give people more than one date. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell pretty quickly if I don't want them to be near my face. <laughs> but sometimes I go on two or three dates to which my therapist says, what good is that doing if you know you don't want to be with that person? Uh-huh. So I'm getting advice from a lot of corners. Okay. But so I, do I you not you know mm-hmm. pretty quick. If do you not have, have you not had the experience that you just described where someone's like, I just, I really like this person so much as a person and I really like spending time with them. So you keep wanting to do that, but you're like, do not want to kiss your face with my face. Um, you're like, nope, doesn't happen. Well, the last person that I really did genuinely want to be friends with was I also just genuinely wanted to date them and they didn't want to date me. <laughs> so I tried to do the friendship thing and they also did not want that. No. Um, oh. What is a per- No, generally, if I'm not, if I were interested enough in a heterosexual man to want to be friends with him, I would probably also kind of want to put my face near his face. Mm. Because that's how I get attracted to people. I think is that I just yeah, like right. I'm I'm a you very think funny and interesting and queen of the friend zone. But I'm like I can navigate the friend zone. It, right. it will happen. Yeah, eventually. I just don't have that many straight male years friends. Later. I'd say I don't either anymore. Anymore, they all got married, and now we're like or all the once anymore. you're out of college, yeah, where you where they come all penned up right. like like factory farm chickens right. <laughs> and my two best guy friends both turned out to be gay and they came out one in college and one like post-college yeah that so happened with a bunch of my friends too it was just <laughs> I, I want you to I fix thought I up. had platonic friendships and we I mean obviously we are but it was just there's <laughs> yeah. no it was int- deeply platonic. Yeah. <laughs> right. like, there was no decision making yeah oh in my group of friends one one of my best friends was so in love with our friend who Aww. ended up being gay that she was Emma. so heartbroken she just Aww. had no idea and Aww. was just I mean he's very sweet and so attractive and yeah. everything you would want. But yeah. Everything a man would want, too. Yeah. I, I, I fell for, <laughs> for many a charming gay gentleman in college where I was like, so well put together, so charming, so also interested in show tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Red flag, Abby. Right. Yeah. Well, I know now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I would say... There have not been very many instances where I just wanted a friendship. There have been people where I'm like, oh, your perspective is interesting. Mm-hmm, right. But I have a lot of friends. And you have, I feel, mm-hmm. you have maintained a lot of male friends for... Yes. I mean, not... I have a lot of friends you know, of, of all shapes and sizes. Yes. Right. Um, Genders. Yeah. And I wonder if it is uh, marriage or just depending on the person. But I feel like... Um, most of my male friends now it's all couple friends mm-hmm. who I got to know through the wife yeah. you know right friends husbands yeah yeah, yeah exactly and I adore they're like my, my friends, friends in law they're yeah. like friends in law but even better than mm-hmm. that. they're dear dear humans do you consider them your friends yes like I could it, it, in a world in which I thought of something that they you know I would text them directly and be like oh hey saw this thing this right. article for you whatever I would do that but I would not say Hey Ray, do you want to go see this movie that right. I know your wife doesn't want to see? Yeah, I don't think I've ever. No, do you I, feel like there's a yeah. wall there that you can't really yeah. do, even though there's no. nothing. Exactly, because my so my best friend is engaged, and um, 
we, she, they both live in Astoria. They're a couple blocks from us. And the four of us will hang out, Greg, Max, and Jackie and I will all hang out together. But um, Jackie was away for business, and I think Greg, I think he was there. Or I'm not sure what happened, but I thought about texting him to see if he wanted to hang out because I knew he was alone, but it mm-hmm. just felt... It's a little weird. It feels I think shady, he felt even though it's weird. not shady. And like, yeah, it's yeah. not. We would just want to help, but I think he felt odd not being there without her because he, she's like right. our main link. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think hopefully it just we'll depends, get past that. Too. Um, I think I've hung out with my friends' significant others, and not necessarily my female friends' straight husbands, but all of my friends' significant others, I hang out with them seldom, but it's not off the table. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually circumstantial, like waiting for the third person to arrive. Yeah. I found it. I've had a couple of times where it's weird. Where this is ages ago because my life on the other coast. But um, like I had a friend who was a equestrian teammate. He was mm-hmm. a man, and we were friends. Um, and having known him through the team, it would not have been unusual for me to say, "Hey, do you want to go see this movie or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And then he met and ultimately married um, a sorority sister of mine. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, became a couple, and it was great, and they still together and have a wonderful life. But once they started dating, even though I was friends with both of them, it felt like it felt like I couldn't, and not because of anything that either of them did or implied, Mm -hmm. but it just felt like I couldn't see him on his own anymore. There is, I I think, a useful um, propriety that goes along with that because a lot of my straight male friends from college. I had a lot of solo fun hangout times with them, Not never anything romantic on the table, um, and we wouldn't do that now. But I think there's an element of respect, too. It's right. not mm-hmm. that I don't like them as people or that they couldn't hang out with me without, like, lust overcoming them. Um, but more I think just that's that, probably part of it, though. That's <laughs> definitely not part of it. Now that we have video, we, everyone can see how everyone adorable Kate is. <laughs> um, maybe I'll get famous now and get yes. a boyfriend. Um, no, so, but I do think there's an element of respect. Like, there, I have a... Um, a dear, a couple of dear friends from college who have all gotten married, um, male friends who've all gotten married in the last couple of years or so. And just once their forever person enters the picture, you just kind of take a step back. It's, right. they don't need female friends the way they did. Mm. It's just a different way of. Right. That relating. position has been filled. That, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, a, I think it's more about respect and respecting other people's boundaries and just being very clear right than it is about like anything happening yeah yeah you just don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable or yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um so the other thing that we talked about with adam and he took a little bit of offense to this (laughs) was when i asked as a as a male (laughs) but i should correct it as a person person. who is dating do you um do you feel the need to say we are now exclusive or have that conversation because i know especially when we're younger a lot of women or young ladies feel like they need to have that conversation with the person that they're seeing um, to just make sure that, I don't know, they're serious. To know who's sleeping with whom. Yeah. Like yeah to make sure they're not a sex when you're sleeping with people. Like, it, I, everything I've read, I read a lot of advice columns online. Okay. And everything I've read online says that it's when you care about if the other person is sleeping with other people or if you yourself, I always feel like if you yourself are sleeping with multiple people, you owe it to each of them to explain that you're not only sleeping with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So what, however that conversation needs to come about, I think it's more about safety than anything. But do you think it's more of like a old old school, like you're my boyfriend now, like we're putting a label on this instead of more of a you're not allowed to sleep around with anyone? I don't know anyone for whom that conversation has happened in adult life. Right. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess I do have a friend who became like they celebrate an anniversary that's definitely months and months after they started sleeping together. Okay. These mm-hmm. people shall remain nameless. But they have like a separate like the first time that she told me they were celebrating their anniversary, I was like, didn't you guys start sleeping together like months before that? And she was like, no, but this is when we became a couple. And I was oh. like, mm, okay, like, all right, which is fine. <laughs> is sleep, is sleeping together typically where we count from now? We I, celebrate our first date. Okay, that's cute. Mm, but it was more like me harassing him into coming to a happy hour. And then that's like the only date I remember us going like. Oh, so you don't think people date because you didn't date? Um, you guys just hung out and then you were together. 
We went on dates. Like okay. we did lunches because we used to work together, which is how we met. And um, I thought he was really cute. A year later, I just he's really cute in my head. Yeah, thank he you. He's empirically cute. <laughs> like a so light bulb. <laughs> yes, very cute. A light bulb hit my head and was like, "Hey, this. Why haven't you spoken to this man in a year?" So I <laughs> harassed him, made him come to a happy hour. Side note: Greg is very quiet, <laughs> so he may just you just may not have yeah. much to say. He thinks that um, he will totally like say that that's not really what happened. That he was interested in me and mm. that he really was courting me. But I think it was the other way around. You just got the he, word part. He sat, at, yeah, he I guess sat so. at tables closer and closer yeah. to you. He perched nearby so that you could. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Dropped we were obviously kind of drunk after mm. happy hour. My cousin drove us to Taco Bell, late oh, night perfect. Taco Bell. Nothing says romance. And then nothing <laughs> said Bell. we're made for one another as we both didn't want cheese on our tacos. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that story. Everything but, um, should have cheese on it. <laughs> I can't have it. <laughs> no, but um, so yeah, so we went on dates and stuff, but then eventually like, yeah, we were hanging out. Yeah. We were together all the time. I was staying over at his apartment and, and then finally I just said something like, I need to know what's happening because I don't really know if you're serious. He's not a very emotional person. Everyone should know that as well. He's not, you know, he's sensitive and and he's so caring and everything, but he isn't very vocal. He doesn't, verb- he doesn't verbalize. Yeah, he's not very vocal his, about his emotions. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of get a feeling. And so mm-hmm. my instead of being like, you know, are we boyfriend and girlfriend? I just said I just want to make sure I'm not like a sex slave or anything. Okay, well there's that. <laughs> That's one, one approach. Always must wonder if one is a sex slave. Well, I lost my mind at a wedding reception. Actually, is how we had that conversation. <laughs> I mean. Not so, yeah. that I thought he was seeing other people. Ours was the where's this going mm-hmm. um, because we were still yeah. long distance at that point because mm-hmm. uh, Gordon was living in Boston and I was here. And so we were seeing each other every six weeks or so. Yeah. Um, and we were at my friend's wedding reception, which always is fraught but romantic, but also like <laughs> so many emotions. There's, there's like I'm like, is that a countdown clock that I'm that's floating above my head somehow? No, what that's a happening? bouquet flying straight at your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Um, I said, I can't remember how we came to it, but I um, said a little testily, like, well, I don't know. Where do you even see, like, where do you see this going? What is happening? And to my shock, he was like, oh, well, I figure I have about four more months up in Boston before I can move down here. Um, And then maybe a year or so before then we make the next step. And I was like, and those of you... He'd been thinking. I know. Those of you who know Gordon, he is also not one two he's not a five-year planner you know (laughs) and um i was like uh, great okay (laughs) good and then did you go fight some girl maybe wine (laughs) i was like i don't need it i already have that secure in my plan all right the plan is good plan is approved at um we were i was recently at a family wedding and my aunts and uncles were talking about kind of their courtship with my grandma and um, one of them, my aunt Sheila, I guess, wrote my uncle a letter, and her kids recently found it, or they recently found it, and it said some, you know, it was like a nice note, but it also included, we've been together 18 months, and 18 months was underlined <laughs> twice, <laughs> and it basically all but said, it's time. Yeah. Um, wow. And shortly thereafter, they got married, and yeah, it's been, I think, like 30 years, so. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I had, a, I had a friend who was dating, um, her, their parents were dating, and the the dad like wasn't really sure or something like that mm-hmm. I don't know he tried to break it off and say you know I, I think oh no she tried to break it off and say I think we should just be friends and he said if you want a friend get a dog that's good that's <laughs> which a good I think line. is from a movie yeah. I'm gonna remember that yes note so one time somebody broke off with me and said he wanted to be friends and I said I have enough friends <laughs> <laughs> also good but then I immediately felt bad I was like no no just kidding oh. like I'll totally be friends with you that was a lie I yeah. did have enough friends yeah, yeah. 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 You'll so never be friends. <laughs> tell us what it's like out there, Kate. Is it's everything cold. online now? Like it's cold and bad. do you do all of your meetings and datings and stuff? Um on either online or well, there are random meetings that happens in mm. like bars and stuff, but not very often. I mean, it depends on how much time you're clocking in bars. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like I'm not go you, you're not Oh, Saturday night, I'm going to the bar right. to look for boys. Right. I'm not trolling. Um <laughs> it depends. I have um actually a friends uh, friend's little cousin who met his now fiance they were both watching a football game on a sunday um in the bar so that definitely happens um i know most people are online in some form or another tinder hinge okay cupid match hinge. i don't think i even Bumble. know what hinge is hinge is like a little less sex forward than tinder oh. but similar premise um bumble that's the one where the girls ask the guys out mm-hmm. which i haven't signed up for yet because why make it even easier right um <laughs> Match? What did I say that one already? Plenty of fish. Plenty that's of fish. More that's more Christian. Oh, really? I think cr- plenty of fish is Christian. Is that Farmers why the fish? 
E Harmony is Christian too. E Harmony is right? Christian. I thought Plenty of Fish was Christian. I thought that was more like tinder but in the online there's world. farmers only i just said yeah i just said farmers <laughs> only because city people just don't understand yeah. um so yeah i mean online is a thing i think that's why i think i go on i mean i do go on a lot of first dates where it's like formal you go to a place right. and mm. you sit and listen to somebody talk about their childhood <laughs> it's not very thrilling um i really am eager to be set up but nobody seems to know anybody I am friends with all us married. Well, no one, and I don't have any male friends. That's what everybody says. (laughs) I don't have any male friends. And I said to a friend, a friend recently was making fun of the men in his office for playing bad music or something. And I was like, set me up. Like, if your office (laughs) Mm -hmm. is full of bros, I would love to meet them. And he was like, I would not put you through that. Like, they're terrible. (laughs) So it's kind of, part of it is they, I guess, are not wanting to set me up with bad news guys. But also, how do you know? I know, but I sort of feel like... Guys will tolerate a lot of unseemly behavior in their male friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, then, but they're like, no, seriously, I've heard them talk about yeah, women. Yeah, but you they don't, all you know. talk like that. I kind of feel like. Like right. some of it, some of you must be just some bravado. Of you must be just bravado. Yeah. Um, what else? I did, one time a, a friend's husband actually tried to set me up with somebody. And in between the time when he got my permission to like show my picture or whatever, and the time he actually followed through with it, that guy met somebody on Tinder or something <laughs> and started seeing someone. Oh. So oh. it's uh it's a competition. Oh, it's not Yikes. pretty out there. I yeah. think I did um match for the free match mm-hmm. before obviously before I met Greg. And <laughs> let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he better stay on his toes. Yeah, I know. Oh, we the one of the first fights we got into was because he still had the plenty of fish app on his phone and I was like, What is going on here? <laughs> Why is this even on here? Like oh it's my. it's time to get rid of it. Yeah. No, um, but I oh I got a lot of weird oh first of all, I'm from Long Island, so there are already a lot of weird men on Long Island. <laughs> and second of all, I feel like the match is full of weirdos. Yeah, it was a lot of like, yo, mommy. And as soon as you say yeah. mommy, I'm out the door. Right. Sure, yeah. I'm Hispanic, but I'm not mommy Hispanic. <laughs> Nothing can don't. be less sexy than being like, mommy, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh. Um, there are a lot of, I actually one time had a guy write to me who said some, something nice like opening salvo and I wrote back and he wrote back and then I clicked on his profile and saw that he was humongous, like a, I'm going to exaggerate for effect, but seven foot tall, 300 pound. He looked like a linebacker. He was humongous. And you could tell from the scale of the other people in his pictures that this guy was extraordinarily large. <laughs> and now people can see me, but they couldn't before. Right. And I <laughs> but am the comic teensy, relief. Yeah. Like so, so small. And I was actually physically intimidated. Like I don't like tall men even. And this guy was not just tall, but like, but he wide. could carry you in the palm of his hand. No, I felt scared. Yeah. And so, and he wasn't Throw you around. very interesting. He was just kind of like dim and whatever. So um, I was just kind of writing back out of politeness. So I tried to ghost and just not write him back. And he emailed me so many times that I eventually wrote back because he kept being like, why, why didn't you write back? Why didn't you write back? Why didn't you write back? And finally, I wrote back to him and I was like, listen, actually, it was because you can see on my profile that I am five feet tall and a petite woman. <laughs> I can see from yours that you are six, eight and 300 pounds. And I felt that physically intimidated by you. And to be frank, your anger right now doesn't make me feel safer. <laughs> so then a year went by. I, you know, we deleted that stream or whatever. Mm-hmm. He must have deleted it. Yeah. A year went by, and he messaged me with the exact same opening <gasps> email. Oh, boo. Oh, no. Cut and paste. This was like two weeks ago that the second time happened. And I really? was like, this guy again with a totally blank clearly he has a type yeah. and I'm it. Mm. And clearly he deletes his messages when he gets a bad Yep. Taste in his mouth. Never delete them because then you can have a record. <laughs> Do you think he does like the cover letter approach where he just changes yes. out the name? Yes, 100%. Because it was like a cute enough opener, but then when we started going back and forth, I thought, oh, he's not as clever as I ah. initially had thought. So it's clearly a, a very worked up. Yeah. Interesting. What, um, okay, what is the, the uh, what kind of hook will make you go from, okay, I liked that picture to, I will return that guy's hello or like um if it says hey or sup (laughs) no 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 pictures will make me be like oh you're opening hey was super solid (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, i don't know just like a clever something clever Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything terrifically inventive basically if they write anything that's not one word sentence i will write back just to be polite Mm -hmm. um unless they're like into chain mail and 
run fairs and things like that, which happens to me a lot, actually. <laughs> you think you'd be more into it. Yeah. You would think I would be more into yeah. it, but I'm not. And yeah. you don't want to bend on that score, huh? No, no. I don't. It just, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it were, if we lived in Game of Thrones, sure. Yeah. But we don't live in Game of Thrones. No, and then we have to go back to the MI sex life conversation. I right, think. exactly. <laughs> the real sex life conversation. <laughs> exactly. Although Arthur Dane, just side note, from the Sword of the oh, Morning, yeah, from no, Game of Thrones, so it. hot. Yeah, he's really He huge. knows how to handle really a longsword. No, <laughs> Two, Diana. apparently. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I am Lauren, okay? Oh, yeah, you're Lauren. Lauren would never Lauren say would that. Lauren would never say yeah. that. <laughs> that was, you were Abby oh. for a minute is what oh, yeah. happened there. <laughs> I'm getting you guys that was that stuff. was the Game of Thrones version of that's what she said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't make me start singing. No, oh gosh, no. No, I know my my singing partner is out today, so I'm thank out goodness. of luck. Otherwise, I'll just have to do the score of Hamilton all by myself over yeah. and over and over again. No, thank you. Did you order the book? Um, the Hamilton book? Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, just yesterday I ordered the <laughs> Hamilton. It is ostensibly for Gordon's birthday, and really for me. <laughs> But I'll let him look at it. <laughs> oh, I meant to give her. I got I the uh, Bob's Burger Burger book. Oh, that looks so it cute. It is amazing. Is well, it I mean, really I got funny? it as a gift for someone, and mm-hmm. but not that anyone's it's near to me, so I can actually use it. But it's hysterical, very wow. funny. Um, I suggest everyone pick it up. Is it burgers you. or is it actually just the? It's show? no, it's burgers. So this man, um, he wrote down all the all the ones on the sign. sign. Yeah, he oh wrote God, them all awesome. down, and then he started making them. Um, and so it's like. The, I can't remember all of them, but they are all. Then they correlate back to an episode, and they tell you which episode it's Yay. on. Oh, fun! It's super funny. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gordon needs that for his birthday. Hmm. <laughs> when is Gordon's birthday? Uh, it's actually quite soon. It's uh, next week. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. uh, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so <laughs> no, I know it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I've tested now. I'm like, nope, not listening. It's that's okay. Like, I just want to put this out there because I've been talking about it. And I don't think they listen to the podcast, but my brother is proposing to his girlfriend this weekend, <laughs> and I am so excited. And they are a very weird meeting, actually. Their their meet cute is really cute. They, um, my brother now lives in Texas. He was living in San Antonio at the time, and my cousin was down visiting in Austin, and so he drove up, and he had just gotten a puppy. And there's this river that you can take your dogs to, so he went to the river with them, and they were hanging out. And um, I guess his now girlfriend had the same dog when she was younger, so she likes to say that um, she took the dog out for a walk and the dog found her a boyfriend because <laughs> her dog went up to my friend and then she went up to him and asked about the, his dog. Mm-hmm. And my brother looked awful, apparently. <laughs> he, his hair wasn't done. He like had like a, ugh, a tank top on and like board shorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just, just this rough. This is told by That one sister. with the bad long armholes <laughs> yeah. and the, yeah. yeah. And he always has his hair, like, hair nicely gelled, whatever. So, but then um, he got her number, and they've been dating ever since. So, you know, and she know. saw him at his at his worst. That's what my cousin says. That's what I really liked about her is she saw him at his worst, and you know, he's like always crazy, business casual, twenty four seven. Business cash. So this weekend we're flying down for their engagement. Yay! I'm so excited. Exciting. So we'll see what happens. Congratulations! Hopefully she'll say yes. That. Otherwise, we have to cut this entire podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be awkward. Someone asked me like. Like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, no. Like, I don't think that happens in, that much anymore. Yeah, I don't think that happens that, that much. people say no. So people basically know before, like... You've had a conversation. You, you right. probably... You're like, you know you're getting married. You right. just It's just a matter, just a matter of, of how, point. when it's mm-hmm. going to happen. It's not like three months in and you're totally shocked. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But first got to find them. Exactly. And then break them in, which takes a while. <laughs> or, or they'll leave dead birds in your apartment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell the dead birds. Yes. Um, so I've gotten various text messages today about a very long play-by-play about, um, I guess, Greg walked out of the apartment and he saw two fledglings, which are like the birds that have feathers but don't know how to fly. I guess they oh. fell out of their nest. One was dead. And one was, as Greg put it, um, staring at, oh, I don't know, staring at the steps without any real goal. <laughs> so Aww. eventually I think As Lauren, Lauren's like they're underachievers whatever yeah <laughs> they didn't make it survival of the fittest nope. is real oh, no. that's nature and action so for some reason he decided to bring the alive one which is now dead into Aww. a box in our apartment and has warned me that he will probably make himself <laughs> sick using the power of hypochondria <laughs> so that I should prepare myself so I am going to go home to some dead birds. It sounds you, like you're not yeah. preparing yourself. <laughs> Are you sure you want to be dating Kate? <laughs> All this is waiting for you. I mean, such amazing things. 
so many <laughs> like when you ask for hand soap and a bar of soap for the shower and he gets you two bars of Irish spring <laughs> one one for the bathroom to be oh. fair they are breast soap one for the shower right. <laughs> and yes in his defense he's, he's right yeah. but um mine mine uh mine be careful what you wish for partner up this week was uh walking to work where i suddenly get a text saying i've damaged the car and i'm like oh and i was like oh no are you okay what happened and he was like no no it's fine but i you know swerved in the parking lot to avoid a car and i scraped a pole and i'm like what can you do and then he sent me a picture and it's just this dent in this big yellow streak along our silver car and i'm just like oof did you look into getting it repainted a little bit um is it expensive uh, well, I don't even I don't even know because, like with all car things on the internet, every review is like this place is great, followed by a one star. These people are crooks, um, and then yeah. I run away in panic because I don't know how to choose. So that's as far as we got with that. Um, I feel like there's something yeah. as like as seen on TV that you could probably get. You know, honestly, <laughs> when I saw it, I haven't seen it in the daylight yet. When I saw it in person, um, it was evening. But the dent isn't bad. Like, the dent we can probably pop out. But that yellow is... I'm like, well, she has a racing stripe, I guess. Oh, right. yeah, you could just paint one on the other side. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, honestly, and he was... It was one of those things where, you know, when someone feels so bad that it actually undoes your mad. Right. Yeah, so you can't yeah, yeah. be mad, really. And mm-hmm. I was just like... He's like, I, you're taking this really well. And I sort of was like, well... You know, he's already you, beat himself up. You didn't do it on purpose. You right. didn't do it on purpose. And it's done. So right. my fury won't undo it. And he's like, it's weird because you're pretty comfortable with the fury for other things. <laughs> like, I know. But in this case, the big stuff I let go. But still. Um, so you really have to stay on top of them once you get them. Well, I think that we our guest today will know a little bit something about that, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm very excited about our guest. Coming up, we will be talking to... Uh, former bachelor contestant and a bachelorette herself andy dorfman uh she has written a book it's called it's not okay turning heartbreak into happily ever after and when we come back she's gonna sort this all out for us and maybe give everybody some tips on how to make it work awesome we'll be right back Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back at the XOXO Darkcast, and I'm so excited to introduce our guest today. She is the author of a brand new book, It's Not Okay, Turning Heartbreak into Happily Ever After. I have the lovely Andy Dorfman of Bachelor and Bachelorette fame. Welcome, Andy. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you were the perfect guest for today because we have been talking about dating, and you have (laughs) had a lifetime of experience in a very short period of time. Um, That I have. Yes. So, uh, like a number of former contestants on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which I know many of our listeners are familiar with, uh, you have written a book, but it's not kind of your typical tell-all. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what readers can expect when they pick up It's Not Okay? Yeah, the book is definitely different than a few of the other books that have been written by some former contestants um, because it really details what happens when the relationship doesn't work out. You know, the show obviously has a lot of successes, but there's more failures to it. Mm-hmm. And nobody really talks about what happens when the cameras stop and when the relationship just doesn't work out. So Hmm. this is really my story of a breakup that I went through, a very public one. Um, And the story was really born out of my own journal. When I was going through the breakup, I journaled all my feelings every single day. You know, some of them are very emotional, irrational thoughts. Some of them are a little more logical. But this is really the true story of what a breakup looks like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It really is. And as people go through... It's um, kind of one of the things I like is it plays on two different timelines. So you've Mm -hmm. paired up sort of the timeline of you going through the show at the same time that you're pairing up the timeline of your breakup. And I think it really it colors the the show experiences in interesting ways and then reflects on it's it's like the the false reality of a of a reality show Mm -hmm. compared with the actual reality of your life. And it. kind of reminds us that maybe what we see is not always what actually is going on there. 
Yeah, and there's a bunch of different timelines that kind of go into this story. Um, you know, first of all, the very beginning of each entry is the present moment of me going through the breakup. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of also along that see these flashbacks, which detail, you know, how I fell in love because I did fall in love. And that mm-hmm. was important that people kind of got to see that story as well. And then you've also got this, you know, timeline where the relationship after the love happens and after I get engaged starts to kind of fall apart. So it all weaves into kind of, you know, the demise of a relationship and also the journey of going through a breakup and surviving it in the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so tell us, what are some of the things, we've all had to be go through breakups, um, and some of them, I mean, I know it can be bad when you just are telling your friends when they're like, how's Bob or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we aren't seeing each other anymore. <laughs> and, you know, if you had thought this was the one or whatever, it's it can be awkward or embarrassing just to, like, tell your family or your friends. Like you said, you had to do it in front of TV cameras. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your what are some of your best pieces of advice for surviving a breakup? Um, even if we don't have to do it on television, you know, how do you get through that? initial, oh, God, I have to tell people about this that was supposed yeah, to be my perfect a really life. really hard part, and I talked about this in the book. Of course, I had to do it on you know a national platform, but it still felt the same, and I felt that embarrassment initially, which mm-hmm. is, you know, your relationship didn't work out, and you have to kind of deliver that news to family and friends, and um, it's very easy to feel embarrassed, but part of the thing I talked about in the book was that's the last thing you should be feeling. You know, feel sadness, feel anger, but don't put embarrassment on yourself because everyone goes through a breakup. You're Mm -hmm. not the first, you're not the last. People, you know, that love and support you understand. And the truth is they probably saw it coming as well. You know, those that are really close to you are not going to be as surprised about your breakup as you think they're going to be. Yeah, that's actually a really good point Mm -hmm. too because we're all like, but I had that perfect facade and everyone's like, yeah, girl, no. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. those that are close to you can kind of see through that. Yeah. Um, You have some more, uh, um, they are emotionally satisfying, but maybe even more physical suggestions for getting over breakup. Do you want to share (laughs) some of the more, maybe some of the more fun things that you suggest to people as they're coming back into themselves? Well, first and foremost, obviously, go to the liquor store and get the wine. I mean, (laughs) that was my first thing to do was wine, wine, wine. You know, if you need to just kind of go into another planet for a few days, then that's what you need to do. Um, So that's the first physical part is is drink wine. But also, you know, everyone deserves to kind of have this hall pass and go through the grieving process. And I decided to eat sesame chicken and you know, pop popcorn at the same time. And <laughs> you kind of are allowed that hall pass, but then you've got to turn the corner. And I talked about this in the book. You kind of have to be the girl that doesn't let herself go. Um, and at some point, you know, the hall pass gets revoked and <laughs> it's time to kind of get back in shape and get your life back on track. I think I talked about, you know, how you appear on the outside is usually a reflection of how you feel on the inside. So sometimes you got to fake it till you make it, you know, fake the outside until your inside kind of matches up. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that we don't have to. I, I liked that Andy wasn't like... Now, don't go to the wine. Don't go to the ice cream. She's like, hell's no. Get your get your case in there on speed dial and then yeah. fix it later. Yeah, and that was the thing. I read so many self-help articles and books, and I'm like, wait a second. This makes me feel worse about myself because all <laughs> I really want to do is you know feel nothing. And I feel nothing when I sleep till noon and have a wine buzz. You know, So <laughs> that's the thing with this book. It's kind of the anti-self-help. It's like you're going to do what you need to do to survive and you know what you deserve to be able to do that don't look at a self-help article and think that you have to abide by all of that yeah now what is your recommended wine for getting over a breakup andy i mean i'm definitely a cabernet girl um i say rosé when the sun is still out because there's something about pouring a glass of red wine at noon that just makes me feel (laughs) (laughs) a bridge too far (laughs) yeah so rosé during the day red wine at night (laughs) all right good you've heard it here first um uh how about uh a great song to put on our breakup playlist got any suggestions yeah, I said this in the book, and I, I really did kind of lean towards music because there's nothing like a good girl power anthem. I mean, mine was definitely Blank Space by Taylor Swift. <laughs> we um, have some Taylor fans go-to. here, too. So. Yes, that was my go-to. And I think her album had just been released. I'm like, this is perfect. perfect. <laughs> um, so there's a whole list in the book of different songs, and some of them 
are kind of the I hate you song. Some of them are the girl power song. Some of them are, you know, like Beyonce, the single ladies. And I, that was one of the perks. You get to sing Beyonce's the single ladies, you know, mm-hmm. if you're going through a breakup. <laughs> I wonder if in New York it's key that we find someone to lend us a car so that you can sing in the car at full <laughs> volume um, because it's right? harder to pull off on the subway. That is true. That is true. Although some headphones and, you know, your iPhone, I'll be jamming out on the subway. That's true. Um, I want to back up for a little bit and talk about the show, because as you also said, you really fell in love. And I think maybe a lot Mm -hmm. of cynical reality show viewers might be like, oh, come on. They're all on it for fame and they know it's not the real thing. But you're very clear in the book. And you're like, no, no, this was for real. So for starters... What was your favorite part of doing the show when you were either when you were on um, JP's season as one of the contestants or when you were the belle of the ball and ultimately did, in fact, get engaged and you met, you know, your Mr. Right that you thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was the best part and what was sort of the most challenging parts of that? I mean, obviously, there were a lot of great things that came with the show, whether it was my first season where I met some girlfriends that are still some of my best friends to this day. Um traveling, seeing the world, but I have to say, like, the best part of the show was the fact that I fell in love. Like, I got to experience a love that I had never experienced before, and I was a cynic going in. You know, I was one of those people that probably would have scoped at the fact that, oh my gosh, reality TV love, like, how can it be? And I didn't want to deny that in the book, because it happened. Like, I didn't want to, I said in the book, you know, slap love in the face and say I didn't fall in love. I did, and that was... Mm -hmm you know, the greatest gift I got out of it. Like, who doesn't want to find love? And even though it didn't work out for me, like, I still got to experience those feelings. So, you know, that's my best takeaway from it, Mm -hmm. even though it didn't work out. There were definitely some challenging parts, too. I mean, obviously, it's exhausting and it's grueling um, physically, emotionally. You're away from your family. You're surrounded by strangers. You feel an immense amount of pressure, not necessarily to get engaged, but to find somebody and you know you know it's a once in a lifetime experience so you want it to work out successfully mm-hmm. and then you've got also like you're breaking hearts like I was standing in front of you know guys that were five feet away from me that were really good really nice guys mm-hmm. and I had to for some reason be like the judge and say you know you're not the one bye and mm-hmm. that was really hard for me I just didn't I didn't love having that kind of control yeah, yeah. did that experience um, give you any insight into how going forward when you are ending a relationship, that, how you might let people down differently or easily, or did it make it easier for you? Or Yeah, I mean, it definitely humbled me. And there's a story in the book that talks about the fact that I felt so bad for all these guys. Like, was I ruining their world? Was I breaking their heart? And you know, fast forward months later, and we were all out in LA and hanging out and having some cocktails. And I remember saying, I'm so sorry, I, you know, ruined your lives. They're like, are you kidding me? Our lives are better than ever. Like, we're getting kicked <laughs> left and right. And it kind of humbles you in a sense of you're not, you know, the center of everybody's universe. And you may think that you're breaking somebody's heart. And, you know, it's, it's sensitive. It's a good thing to feel that way. But you know, again, like life goes on for other people too. Other people are strong as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's good to remember that. I think, you know, it's important to remember that you're strong and to keep yourself up there. But yeah, I love that. It's like, so are other people. You're yeah. not, it's like what your mom always said, right? Like, they're not thinking about you. Right. <laughs> My mom yeah. always says that. Oh. Stop the paranoia. It's because moms are wise. Um, <laughs> uh, Bachelor fans will already know this, but uh, people who are. Uh, listening for the first time or or hearing from you for the first time may not know the title of Andy's book It's Not Okay came from her first experience with the Bachelor franchise when she was one of the contestants for the possibly least popular (laughs) Bachelor um, in Bachelor history uh, JP and one of the things that I think maybe endeared Andy to fans around the world was uh, that I don't know. You might have been the very first contestant, Andy, to kick someone to the curb in the middle of the show. Um, But I think people loved seeing it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and how it felt to have to make the decision to do that again under the pressure of cameras and what you supposedly come here to do. Yeah, I mean, my first season, I was very, very naive going into it. Um, I kind of figured, all right, this guy was good looking and I was going to see, you know, if there were feelings there, if 
I could fall in love. And even though I was a cynic in regards to it, it was like, you know what? I could meet a guy at a coffee shop, at the gym, at a bar, or on TV. Like, who knows? And so I had gone through the entire process. It was probably seven weeks in, and I had started to see some red flags. And then ultimately, the very last date that I had with him, he just made it very clear that he did not care about me and didn't really care about anyone, in my opinion. Um, And I think I just felt a sense of disrespect because I was away from my family. All these women had been away from their families and had put a lot out on the line and been very vulnerable. And for somebody to not respect that, it's one thing to not have the mutual feelings. It's another thing to not respect somebody's time and their emotions and their feelings. And so, yeah, I realized that. And for me, it was as soon as I realized that it was game over. You know, I was out of there. I was done. Um, I had not achieved or I not found, I guess, what I was came in there looking for. And so it was time to go home. And I had to have that breakup conversation. And I just remember having the conversation and he just didn't get it. He didn't understand. And I don't think he cared to understand that in a relationship, you should probably ask the woman like who she is, what she believes (laughs) in, what her views are. Like, I don't know whether or not we're not just arm candy. Like Mm -hmm. we should get to know somebody. Um, and his only response was, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> and he had said this throughout the entire season, and all the women would be like, why does he say it all the time? And it became like, it started off as funny, and then it was like annoying, and then it kind of became just rude, and everyone was like, this guy doesn't care. All he care you know, it's okay, my father died, it's okay. My, yeah. you know, mother abandoned me, it's okay. Every story was met with the same, like, brush off. Mm-hmm. And I just remember saying you cannot say it's okay ever again like it's not okay (laughs) and that was what I kind of became known for it's not okay um and then that became the title of the book and it kind of summarizes the breakup too like it's not always okay Mm -hmm. not everything is just okay you can't just brush everything under and pretend that it doesn't happen so yep that's where the title was born that's what I guess I became known for the it's not okay catchphrase (laughs) I always think of it as sort of it's not okay but it will be you're gonna you know you're gonna get there and uh one of the things that you say in the book that really helped you get there was the support of your friends um Mm -hmm. what advice if we all have had just as we've all gone through breakups I'm sure we've all had really close friends or or sisters or, or family members who growing through heartache and you sometimes maybe feel kind of helpless and what would you recommend having been there um what was the best thing that your friends did to help what would you suggest uh, as a friend of someone going through something hard like this that is the best way to help them bounce back and find their way back to happiness i think just as a friend being present you're right i mean i think you probably feel this sense of helplessness because there's nothing that you can do for someone to cure heartbreak but being there being present whether it's you know, talking to them on the phone or actually physically being there. I, for me, just to know that there was somebody there for me, um, even though they couldn't necessarily help me mm-hmm. get over my heartbreak, I think was very comforting. And I, I mean, I know I couldn't have done it without my friends and family. And I think, yeah, just, just present mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes maybe we want to um, we want to help, but then we don't know what to do. And so then maybe you mm-hmm. don't. You're like, okay, just let right. me know. And yeah, they're like, well, I don't know what the, the heck. Wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can't help with anything, just open the bottle and pour the wine. Right. Bring more Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we've been talking about dating uh, already today. And yeah. we've been talking about hanging out, hooking up. Are we Netflix and chilling? When do you have the exclusivity <laughs> conversation? Do you need to have it? And in a way, with your two seasons, you've had to face the toughest singles bars in the world, essentially. Um, So can you give any advice for, um, A, how to stand out when you're one of 25 gorgeous women walking into a room and the odds are against you? Or on the flip side, how do you pick a great guy in a room full that seem on the surface to be tailor-made? I mean, I think obviously there's a little luck that is involved with that, you know, meeting the right guy at the right time, but you can't really do anything to stand out other than be yourself. Because if you end up with somebody, they're going to figure out who you are really quickly. And if it's not a match, then it's just not a match. You could go through the entire checklist and you can try and, you know, say all the right things and be as much of a gamer, I guess, quote unquote, (laughs) 
as mm-hmm. you want to be, but like that is not going to last very long. So if you're yourself and you find something that's compatible um, with your true personality, then I think you have a, a much better chance of success that rather than going in and kind of gaming it in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're going to eventually, the cameras are going to go away sometime, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always do. The makeup comes off, <laughs> the cameras go away, you know, yeah. you actually have to enjoy that person and you have to be yourself and they have to enjoy you too. Yeah. What was, um, has your experience uh, through both being on the show and writing the book changed the way you approach relationships now? Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen kind of what I enjoy in a relationship and what I don't enjoy and what doesn't work for me and you know also like my own strengths and weaknesses um i think i've learned that i really just want a person that's nice to me and that i want to be nice to and that i know relationships can be hard and it's not always glamorous but at the end of the day like that should be your partner that should be you know your teammate it's you against the world and it doesn't mean you're not gonna have arguments but at the end of the day like i don't know i i think i've learned to kind of value that companionship and partnership more than maybe like the lust that that happens in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because I think you, when you're telling your story, that seemed to me to be one of the things that helped you realize that it wasn't ultimately meant to be because you talk about how this is supposed to be my partner and mm-hmm. he doesn't have my back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, you want to also be feel. I remember talking in the book, I didn't support him because I was resentful Mm. and it worked both ways. And it's not that it was anyone's fault, but like, that's not a good match. If you're not supportive of each other, like you should be each other's number one cheerleader and you're not going to agree on everything, obviously, but to feel supported, I think allows you to be more supportive as well. Yeah. 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 And I think it's maybe easy to start off thinking like, but he's so hot or the chemistry is so insane. Oh, sure. We'll work it out. Sure. Yeah, of course you want that initial attraction, no doubt. Yeah. So now what's your idea of the perfect date? What's a perfect who's who's gonna win Andy's heart? What date what date <laughs> sways you? You know, I think I'm simple when it comes to the dates. Maybe because I've done the whole grandiose palaces and helicopter <laughs> rides and, you know, obviously that did not pan out. Um <laughs> I think like take a girl to dinner, have a, have a creative dinner in a sense, whether it's the guy's favorite restaurant or type of food or something different um, to show that you put some thought into this actual date. You know, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but just something that you can talk to the girl, get to know her. Um, definitely not like a movie <laughs> where she doesn't talk, you know, I think there's more like don'ts than there are do's. It, it's really pretty simple actually <laughs> yeah just make sure you can talk to each other right yeah have put a little effort into it and make sure it's something that you know doesn't have to be a huge ordeal good because it ought to be fun it's it's supposed to be fun kate yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> relationships should be fun especially dating like that should be fun and like i said i get it you're gonna have arguments not every day is glamorous but for the most part like you should be happy and be having fun in a relationship no one's forcing you to be in one so <laughs> very it's true. true it's very true, true. <laughs> all right well we always like to close our interviews andy with what we call our true confession section and these are a few <laughs> a few uh quick and dirty questions uh nothing that'll keep you from running for president uh, but we ask them of all of our authors, and then sometimes we like to make little compilations of them down the way. Uh, so, do I get any like plead the fifth? <laughs> um, uh, if you had to, I suppose we could. But I think, I think despite our answer. despite our racy title, uh, you'll pr- I think you'll be able to answer them with confidence <laughs> okay. all the way through. You're making me nervous. <laughs> Not at all. Come on, you're a lawyer. You're tough, <laughs> and you can definitely handle these opening ones. They're pretty easy. Okay. Uh, nice. Sweet or salty? What do you prefer? Uh, sweet. Mountain or beach? Mountain. Heels or flats? I know the answer to this one. Heels. I've seen the cover of your book. <sighs> this is not a girl. Heels, heels, heels. This is not a I've never seen you in a flat. Um, no. <laughs> can you name one turn on and one turn off of yours? Um, ooh. Okay, I'm going to be shallow. Turn <laughs> on is a good set of abs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turn off is a hairy ass 
<laughs> That's an excellent, excellent and a new answer, I think, for this question. But I think you'll have many people agreeing. Uh, what's your favorite road trip food? Uh, boiled peanuts. Hmm. Boiled Where do peanuts. you get boiled peanuts? I guess you weren't expecting that one. Oh, I know. We're like, this is a South thing, right? Yes, it's a Southern thing. Like, <laughs> when I used to drive home from school, uh, I'd always stop and get boiled peanuts. I don't know. We'll have to. I wonder if you can find. Can you get them in New York? Do they have boiled peanuts in New York? I mean, I can boil peanuts. (laughs) Cooking. (laughs) That's crazy talk. Come on. You live here now. None of us cook. (laughs) I I could do Blue Apron boiled peanuts. (laughs) Um, All right. What word would you ban from the English language? Oh. Hmm. Crusty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, that's a good choice. That's a new one. <laughs> if you could pay someone to do one thing for you for the rest of your life, what would that task be? Ooh. What do I hate doing? Um, oh, my gosh. That's good. <laughs> um... Oh, I like laundry, so I can't say laundry. Maybe like dusting? That's That's true. I could think of something better. (laughs) I could pay someone to do one thing for me. I don't know. I guess cleaning. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it makes sense. I would, I I have trouble choosing because I'm like, I hate all of my house related things. But you you like laundry, though. I do. I like doing laundry. There's something soothing about it. But like, I don't like cleaning and dusting. Yeah. All right, good. We'll get someone in to take care of that. All right, and our, our last one. What's your favorite romantic movie? Um, probably The Notebook. Yeah, favorite. That is show. that is a podcast favorite for many on the yep. show. So you're in excellent I watch company. It on every plane, <laughs> and it Literally. is on every plane, right? Yeah, because it's on like the Delta app for free. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect, and NASA product placement. We'll see if we can get Delta to uh, and Ryan co-sponsor. Gosling, oh well, okay. it's hard to go wrong with any Ryan Gosling. I really think. Yeah, <laughs> Andy, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and congratulations on your book. Once again, I will remind our listeners, it's not okay turning heartbreak into happily ever after. It is on sale on uh, May 17th. So, in fact, by the time this podcast goes up, it will be right out there on the shelves, ready for you to snap it right Yay! up. Hooray! Congratulations on a great book. Thank you. And thanks so much for talking with us. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, we will y'all. be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is XOXO After Darkcast, because the best conversations happen after dark. And we're back. Andy's the best, you guys. And yeah, she's so great. Um... I, you know, never want to call out any celebrity author, but a lot of them have, you know, um, I'll say help, mm-hmm. uh, some more than others, but Annie did this thing all by herself. That's like, awesome. She really was uh, super invested all the way through, and um, she is as, uh, like, relatable, kind of, yeah. you want to get a beer with her, <laughs> yeah, as she awesome. seems, yeah. which was really a pleasant surprise yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. she's great and one of my best friends list, read, read the book and was a little bit more team josh than team andy but has now been converted absolutely loves andy thinks she's so smart um thinks she's super relatable especially for like a single 33 year old in new york city as she puts it so. yeah yep. yeah raving reviews hashtag team andy Woo! <laughs> so to wrap up today uh we are gonna play a little game of would you rather because dating is all about choices when you make it them is. how you make them and uh, so, as as our listeners know, going to offer two choices, probably equally unpalatable, especially if it's me, because I always seem yeah, to have the goal. Yeah, you seem to go really dark. Yeah. I like to go yes. dark. Okay. Um, I don't think this is as dark as um, uh, we have been. Okay. All right. We'll start with, in the theme of our guest that we just finished up with, mm-hmm. would you rather uh, marry a guy after knowing him only six weeks on a reality show <laughs> oh or... Marry a guy sight unseen that your family picks for you. Ooh. <laughs> the faces Ooh, on bad. my two co-hosts. 
<laughs> are like I trust oh my God. family. Oh. I think <laughs> yeah, I mean my parents have great fashion sense. Like they can really pick out clothes <laughs> like, for me. They pick out a nice person. I'm not sure. But I don't know. I think that person might be unattractive. The last time my brother tried to set me up with someone, he said he's a really good worker. And said, That's not what girls are interested in. Well, okay, wait. D- if if my parents set me up with, or family sets me up with this person, do we fall in love and get married and for reals? You get married. Okay, do you do I Ma- love them? I don't know. <laughs> I can't understand the point of this question. The point of this like, question is essentially it would be like an arranged marriage. Okay. Right, where you're basically, your family picks him and you meet him in and person on the altar. Married at the altar. Yeah, basically, he raises the veil, and then you see the guy, and whatever happens after that happens after. You know, that. I would, I would have to trust my family. I think I would trust my family. Yeah. Okay. I guess that it's a big thing saying no to your family. Yeah. You know. I just feel like I would rather have it happen in isolation like that than on TV. Right. I don't think I can and get with over the competition element would really destroy me. Or just knowing that he hooks up. Like I guess I see like why they fight so often mm-hmm. about yeah. sleeping with other people. It is really hard once you know something. It's really hard to unknow that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it kind of just stays with you. Better okay. the more private option. Yeah, and also you can always blame your family. <laughs> Mine is the, the short-terminess of the reality show would be the hard part because I feel like anyone can fake anything for six weeks. Like, yeah. you just... you. Better just go it doesn't cold. matter if you think you picked that person. Right. right. You aren't really seeing the you stuff. And even... Even when my f- my family exasperates me, I must grudgingly admit that they know me pretty well. Yeah, right. exactly. We yeah. probably pick somebody good. We're gonna assume that families have had a pretty significant vetting system. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm fine with yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that too. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. Check. Check. Um, I'll right, do Jamie. one. Go. Okay. Um, hmm. This is a little more sexual, and it's based off of a podcast I was listening to, which okay. I'll talk to about later. Um, would you rather? I think we brought this up before. Have a guy who has a micro penis <laughs> or smelly balls that will not be unsmellied. Um, micro penis. I feel like you can. Smelly balls, you just don't do put your things. face down there. I mean, but then they make smell too. They make smell? They'll make everything smell. Like, you know, like. Like smelly enough to make an entire room smell? I don't know, like a sex smell. That's fine. But extra smelly. Have you ever seen a micro penis? No. <laughs> no. All right. As the only one here who has. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right. Wait, in life, you. did we discuss this in yes. life or no? Oh, okay. In life. Not just on the internet. Not just on the internet. Goodness. This is a sad situation. Okay. Oh. Not that hmm. there's anything wrong with that. If I fell in love with the right guy and he had a micro penis, I'd probably get over it. I'm just saying. How did we not talk about the right date on which to discuss your micro penis? Right. When do you bring that Missed up? Missed opportunity. Well. Let's just say he misses opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think smelly balls. Oh, smelly balls. I don't. I no, just, but smells are so bad. Smells are exactly. so bad. That's the thing. I couldn't. I can. Uh, I'd light a candle. And the hotter it is outside, I would light like a candle, I midsummer think. sex. Oh no, I would. I would be like, you know what? You don't even have AC. We have workarounds. I do have AC now. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. The AC means she's going with yeah. smelly balls. <laughs> smelly balls, AC, and candles. I'm just saying. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God. My family listens to this podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just the only one who does. Well, so like, does tell mine. us more. <laughs> um, all right. Do you want? To, shall I do I'll, another one? I'll do it. I'll do or mine. do you have one? Um, would you rather have to have all of your dates take place in a hospital, or all of oh. your dates take place in a professional sporting stadium? Oh. Oh, sporting stadium. Really? Yeah. Food, beer, entertainment, people watching. They have food at the hospital. Santa- <laughs> <laughs> hospital food at the hospital. It's not. It, no. I don't like being in hospitals. Can I select which sport? Mm, no, professional soccer, the saddest of the sports. <laughs> okay, I take oh. offense to that. I actually like <laughs> soccer. So. There, the snacks aren't as good at a soccer stadium, though. They're usually in a football stadium. Where does soccer play? I or don't actually. Baseball I don't actually know where no, we plays. don't know where soccer plays. <laughs> I'm choosing stadium too because Diana seems so confident. And the hospitals <laughs> are depressing. Stadium I, seems fair. I don't think I could even eat in a hospital. Where would you even hang? Like, because what would you do in the hospital? Like, all you could do is go to the cafeteria and then sit in the sad waiting rooms while people weep around you. I'm basing this all on Grey's Anatomy. Right enough. No, yeah, I was just in the hospital like a couple weekends ago, and I couldn't. I felt like blinking was making me sick. (laughs) Like blinking in germs. No, blinking is like keeping you healthy because your eyelashes keep germs out. I think that's how that works. I don't know. There was a lot of screaming. I wasn't into it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Screaming. That's bad. Okay, so stadium. There's a lot of screaming in stadium, too, but it's different. It's better. It's better. Yeah, stadium. It's the way to go. All right. Would you rather date a guy who still lives at home, doesn't have any plans to move or date a guy 
Dana guy who is still roommates with his ex. <gasps> Done it. <laughs> which one do you pick? Oh, which one was worse? Mm. This mm. got so real, you guys. <laughs> they were both pretty bad, to be honest. Um, I will say worse was the one who was still living with the ex, only because she wasn't actually his ex, and he lied about it. Oh. So at least guy who lived with his parents was honest about his living situation. Uh, yeah. Well, bathe in my tears, lesser mortals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and oh, I lived with my parents when I was dating with Greg. Okay, Greg, so that happens. And Greg moved back in with his parents when his roommate like canceled their release all of a sudden. Yeah. So, so it's not that bad. It's not so bad. I mean, there was a lot of activities not in the house, basically. <laughs> yeah. but, How demure. Yeah. You get a bigger well, car. Well, <laughs> is the ex going to be mean? Like, is she rude? Like, if she's manageable and she doesn't really, you know, pose no, a problem. Let's, let's go with not manageable. Okay, then, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, let's go with mean. Let's go with living at home. Yeah. My, living at home temporarily, I would have no problem. Great, fine. It's the whole doesn't want to move out. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he doesn't want to move no, out. No, he does not want to move out. Oh, he's I'll do happy. the X. have any plans. He doesn't, he's happy to stay there. Oh, I'll do the X. Yeah. Huh. No. Mm-mm. I'll take whatever as long as they're honest. That's fair. I can't even choose because I'm I I don't really believe in in staying roommates with your ex. I'm more of a salty earth kind of girl. Like, yeah. No, one of you needs to go. And if it's like, well, it's not fair to them. I'm like, good. Then you need to go because nah. Um. But, uh. I just feel like. Too comfortable at home means that they're just going to be looking for mommy Another number mom. two. Uh-huh. So I think yeah. I think I might go with with mean ex. I'm, I would do that, and then just whisper urgings to be like, "Get rid, get move out. It's time to move out." And if I was Lauren, I would say mean ex. Yeah, because Lauren would just set fire. Lauren would yeah, yeah. take her down. <laughs> I know that seems fair. Lauren is sitting somewhere listening to this, being like, "Oh my god, what are you crazy?" Yeah, yeah, that's true. Kate, you dated these people. <laughs> um, okay, I have one. Would you rather a boyfriend with no emotional responses and no like no affection? A stone person. Yeah, a robot or a boyfriend that cries every time you have an altercation. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather the crier. No, no. After after the altercation, right? After just every time. During. Like, as soon as you're getting into it, there's just oh. tears. Like, oh. frustration tears. Oh. Sadness oh. tears. I don't know that I can put up with that. Exactly. Every time. But to have the other the other option is a guy who literally never says anything emotional. Like, what's, that's not a boyfriend anymore. Like, what's the point? Stone. That's just some It's dude. a garden gnome that you're sleeping with. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go yeah. with the crier. I'd have I, to go I with don't, the crier. I wouldn't last, but, I, like, the guy with no... Because if there's no affection, then... What's I'm not point? getting anything out of it. I mean, you're getting sex. What's he doing? Opening? Security. Yeah, but s- emotionless sex would only drive me crazier. Like, like I'd be like, face. right? I'd be <laughs> like, why can't you respond to me? I mean, it would, no, I can. I can already feel it destroying my psyche. Abby likes her psyche. to to shed <laughs> a single tear at the moment of orgasm. It's true, and then they write me a poem. <laughs> Can we say orgasm on the show? We just did. Four balls of fire. Yay. <laughs> we got there. Finally oh got there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, is that, should that, would we end on that one? <laughs> Sounds fair to I me. think so. Yeah. I don't think we're going to top it. No. That's for sure. I, I think we leave you with a single tear. <laughs> <laughs> and say once again, thanks for listening to another episode of the XOXO After Dark cast. Thank you again to our wonderful guest, Andy Dorfman. Her book, It's Not Okay, uh, Turning Heartbreak into Happily Ever After, is on sale right now. Go out and get it. She's got all sorts of great stories in there and some good advice as well. Uh, remember to go to xoxoafterdark.com for free reads, fun posts, uh, exclusive content from authors, lots of sweepstakes, all sorts of good stuff. And above all, whether you're out there dating or if you're home and a smug married like me, remember that the best conversations happen, happen after, after dark. dark.